Real Presence Live. That which is beautiful will manifest itself in truth and in goodness. Local. The challenges that we're facing in our generation, we just need the gospel. I mean, every every culture, every generation just needs to know how the gospel applies. Engaging. We don't bring any life at all to the church. The church is, is the life. It gives us the life. Live. The reality is, He is all things beautiful, capital B. And so anything that is authentically beautiful draws us, even if we don't realize it, to God. Welcome to Real Presence Live. My name is Father Tim Smith. And we're broadcasting live from Holy Cross Catholic Church in Ipswich, South Dakota, heart of the Real Presence Radio Listening Network. And we're glad to celebrate the glory of God and our Catholic faith, which animates our lives and the goodness of the Lord. We have some great guests this morning from all around the upper Midwest and even throughout the United States as we are united together in our one holy Catholic and apostolic church. Again, my name is Father Timothy Smith, and I'm the pastor of Holy Cross Catholic Church, St. Thomas the Apostle, and Our Lady of Perpetual Help in the Catholic Diocese of Sioux Falls. But we're one family in faith united in our Catholic Church, and so whether you're joining us from parts of North Dakota, South Dakota, Minnesota, we are together here at the Real Presence Radio listening family. And you can always tune in and join us online. You can go to realpresenceradio.com, and you can also download the Real Presence Radio listening app where you're able to get all the segments that we'll feature this morning as well as on other broadcasts all throughout the day here on Real Presence Catholic Radio. As we begin this morning's show of Real Presence Live, let's take a moment and ask our Father in Heaven to bless us with a prayer. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, Amen. Father in Heaven, we ask that you would fill us with your grace and heavenly blessing as we share your goodness and shine the light of the gospel in our lives. We ask that you would continue to strengthen and inspire through the gift of your Holy Spirit, the members of your church, so that they too can be witnesses and missionary disciples to proclaim the gospel to all the nations. We ask all this through Christ our Lord. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. And we have... So many great guests that are doing amazing work in the life of the church this morning, uh, following their vocation, but also uh, their missionary call from Jesus to share the gospel, which gives light and life and meaning to our lives and also allows us to be faithful witnesses in the responsibilities that are given to us. And so I'm grateful to be joined this morning by Allison Conmack from the Sioux Falls Safe Environment Coordinator in the Diocese. Allison, thanks for joining us this morning on Real Presence Live. Good morning, Father Tim Smith. It's an honor to be here. And I'm also understanding that uh, uh, the Chancellor for the Diocese of Sioux Falls, Mr. Matt Althoff, is also joining us this morning. Uh, Matt, are you with us? Hey, Father Tim. It's great to be with you. Thanks for the privilege. Well, I'm so grateful for both of you. Um, I've worked with you uh, personally in my own parishes as we uh, continue to strive together and collaborate in sharing the gospel message. And Allison, your work as the Sioux Falls Safe Environment Coordinator um, is something that really we can be really grateful and proud of in the life of our Catholic faith, which is the work we do about keeping families and individuals at all ages safe and helping them on the path to holiness. So, Allison, 
tell us about yourself. How, how did you become involved in this work in your own life as a disciple? Thanks, Father. I grew up, and one of my goals in my education in college was to marry theology and psychology. I ended up serving with the missionary community for a number of years and really encountered how human brokenness can prevent a person from coming into the fullness of life in relationship with God and being the saint they're called to be. One of the areas that's epidemic right now in the nation, in the U.S., even, I mean, this is touted in the secular realm, is child sexual abuse. Um, The statistic is um, painfully high, one in four women, one in nine to ten men. So um, serving the Church in a way to help promote healthy communities um, is the intervention that the Safe Environment Office tries to provide. It's an intervention of protection against someone intending harm. It's also even more so an intervention to say the culture in our parishes um, need to talk about the hard things, you know, for the field hospital, for the sick, like Pope Francis has referenced um, truly, uh, to speak openly about God's mercy is also to speak of ways that we fail to live up to who we're called to be. Whether we hurt others or hurt ourselves, um, we want to intervene and bring healing and health uh, in those areas. So when I saw a position open in the diocese in the chancery and had served in local parishes, um, not here in Sioux Falls, but in other, other dioceses in the U.S., I thought, what a beautiful way to um, settle into an incredible community in, in South Dakota and um, be able to work in the church in such an, a beautifully integrated way of theology and human flourishing. Well, I'm so grateful that you followed that uh, missionary call and, and also using that background of, of that love of theology and knowledge and, and study of God, but also of the human mess. Um, sometimes I like to refer to as uh, the reality <laughs> the of... Mess. Of a broken world, of uh, of uh, where people yeah. afflicted by original sin, and there's a reason we we baptize. There's a reason we implore the Holy yeah. Spirit and 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 sacred confirmation, and there's a reason we have the sacrament of reconciliation, confession, so we can be healed yeah. and forgiven. Um, but most of all, in the human mess, <laughs> in in the life of the church that uh, that is full of uh, redemption and glory and grace, but also brokenness and pain, we do our part. And I think this is one thing in our Catholic faith, and, and all our dioceses can share in this mission, and they do in their own work and mm-hmm. their own apostolates to uh, bring a safe environment for the protection of all those, uh, both children, vulnerable adults, but even families, and, and keeping our communities healthy and safe. And I think that's something that um, within, the, within the last 20 years, our, our own fer- parish and diocese communities have grown in awareness and an understanding mm-hmm. on implementing that. Um, so tell us about the work you do as the Safe Environment Coordinator. How, how do you lead us in this work of grace? Sure. Um, one of the things that I do is I'm basically like the liaison um, between the bishop's office through the chancellor. That's when Matt's on. This is a work directed um, directly from the bishop's office through the chancellor. Um, I assist him in being a liaison or a communication to the par- individual parishes to coach and mentor local safe environment coordinators in each parish or school or Catholic institution like, let's say, Catholic Family Services or um, a Catholic um, um, work of the church that's not particularly a parish or a school. All these locations will have a local safe environment coordinator who then knows who is active in that location and who's required to comply. So I provide kind of the the busy work a little bit, the, the admin, the healthy structure framework of here are the materials, here are the resources, this is the process. 
um, let me help you, and then you know the, the local coordinator would know the specific individuals to comply, and then those things are brought about. Um, there's training for adults, minors, trainings for minors, sorry, and then there's also there's a report that this is how we trained our adults. These are the minors, just a te- like a testimony from the local church to say these are the folks. Um, and that gives us full confidence that policies or practices we put into place are um, bringing to are coming to uh, bear fruit in our local areas and are, are coming through. So I do a little bit, mostly administrative work, but I also get to speak towards um, more of the um, ministry of the safe environment work in our parishes and in our schools. So. Well, that's a, it's a beautiful testimony, and uh, in my own life and vocation, Allison, I worked in finance for uh, several years for a large corporation, oh, wow. and we had what we called due diligence in the financial world, which is to make sure that we uh, dot the I's, cross the T's, and make sure we're doing our part to make sure we keep up our end of an agreement. And that's very same in the work you do as a safe environment coordinator to make the pledge of our commitment as a diocese, as a church community. We want to do our diligence, and whether it's background trek checks, training for children and adults, so that they, they're aware of and they're able to recognize signs of disorder, uh, abuse, um, people who have been harmed, and then they're also informed and given all the means to report uh, said behavior, whether it happens in the domestic home, the domestic church, as we say, or whether it happens uh, near or around uh, parish grounds. We want to be a vehicle of healing and grace so that people can seek that out. Now, Matt Altoff, a chancellor for the Diocese of Sioux Falls, um, perhaps you can say about uh, the bishop, um, his commitment, as well as all our bishops, uh, to this work of safe environment. Thank you, Father. I think, obviously, one of the things that's always important, we do this in the context of the restorative, promising mercy of our Lord. So, you know, that harms happen is real. We've learned through experience that they leave a lasting impact on souls. And ultimately, only the divine physician can heal those. But God gives us reason, and so we also want to do all that we can to avoid any of those from happening, if at all possible. We can't say we've got a belt and suspenders sort of uh, solution around that, because God also gave us a free will, so people will be tempted. They will take uh, liberties, sadly. We're going to do all that we can through our safe environment programming to preserve the safe environment by making it, you know, elevating the vigilance. If people see something, they say something, they feel encouraged, they feel empowered to do the right thing. If there's something suspicious, somebody looks to be in harm's way, they're going to take action that's prudent and measured, but nonetheless professional in, in following up. And that's the whole mechanism of the Safe Environment Program, is creating sort of this, what we'll call a a, a leaven or a, a, a tide within our parishes that the more families, the more adults entrusted to leadership positions that are thinking in these ways, the more likely we are to identify and curb any abuse, because, again, mindful that if it happens, it, it lingers. We learn, we've learned this the most excruciatingly painful ways. Um, in doing this program, the, the compliance is also meant to restore trust. Holy Mother Church has been held out as the moral standard bearer, and that she has failed, her human operators, her human ministers have failed, have committed egregious acts of abuse, preying upon young, vulnerable persons who had no idea other than to trust the person that then ultimately abused them. This is an important element to all of 
Allison's great work is building a body of work that can demonstrate that, no, we are doing these proper professional measures to stop this from ever happening again, if it can all be. And, and, and most importantly, I think the sin of omission is probably one of the more devastating aspects. Mm-hmm. You know, when a priest was found to be abusing, that he wasn't removed immediately from ministry. So we, we also focus on that aspect of if, if you see something, say something, you err on the side of caution, you take those measures immediately. We, we can also, God willing, over time, re-earn, if you will, the trust of the faithful to see that the, the, the Church does what is a best practice. I would contend it's actually a thought leader in this arena. Um, you know, there is a stigma that the Roman Catholic Church is the only place where abuses have happened. Of course, that's a, that's a really troubling fallacy, not because I'm defensive of my beloved Catholic faith and the Church, but most especially because that leaves others, you know, as sitting docks. Oh, well, this is a different program. Abuses don't happen here. We're not Catholics. Well, that that's just not factually accurate, you know. So so I, I would hope that this compliance that uh, Allison is so dutiful in and so proficient at and so uh, uh, done in such a sensitive way might also contribute to, if you will, confidence of the faithful that they see the Church as being that moral standard bearer again. Well, that's beautiful. And one thing I can say is... Uh... I would have said, advise our listeners, never form your perceptions just based off the headlines alone. And you mentioned, Matt, uh, just the great, you know, the fact of scandal that's existed in our own time. But what never gets reported or what never makes the front pages is that beautiful, small, rural parish has grace-filled, hour-long, healthy dialogue and conversation between adults and young people and children on the fact of healthy boundaries and the available means to live a safe and protected life. That never makes the headlines for some reason, and I wish it would because that is the work that we do here. And so, Allison, uh, you know, we're going we're gonna to touch at base because many of our listeners, they take these trainings all around our area. It's, we're back into the school year. Um, there's these, this diligence that needs to be done. When we come back from our short break, we're going to jump in into the work that you do and remind our listeners why this work is so important. And by participating, they are sharing the gospel. We're going to take a short break, and we'll be right back with Alison Conmack and Matt Altoff right here on Real Presence Live. Stay with us. There's more Real Presence Live to come on the Real Presence Radio Network. Hi, I'm Carrie Dew, Executive Director at Riverview Place Senior Living Community in Fargo. For over 35 years, we've been honored to nourish our residents in mind, body, and spirit. We offer a full calendar of activities, events, and faith-based programming, and the best food in town. Our independent and assisted living residents thrive in our warm, comfortable, and compassionate community. We'd love to meet you. Call Marin or Katie today at 701-237-4700 to line up a tour. Hello, this is Mike Kidrowski, Director of Advancement for Real Presence Radio with a creative gift planning tip. Have interruptions impacted your charitable giving? If you feel like you have less to give this year or are waiting until you get through these recent challenges, we want to let you know about some creative gift options that won't cost you a dime this year. For example, you could designate Real Presence Radio as the beneficiary of all or percentage of your IRA or 
make RPR beneficiary of a percentage of your estate or specific asset. Make a bequest commitment gift this year without impacting your savings or investments. To learn more about the benefits of making a charitable bequest, please visit our plan giving website at rprlegacy.org or call me at 701-290-4503. Let's get started. Searching for more great Catholic content? Visit our website at realpresenceradio.com. Find Catholic news you can trust, information about events coming up in the local area, and the latest on what's happening at the RPR Network. And don't forget that you can listen to any of our stations around the clock from anywhere in the world. Need prayers for someone or something in your life? You can submit those through our online form for the entire family to pray for. Real Presence Radio, your family of faith and hope. Online at realpresenceradio.com. You're listening to Real Presence Live. Now, back to more inspirational and uplifting stories and a look at the extraordinary things happening in our local area. Heard right here on the RPR Network. Back to Real Presence Live. My name is Father Tim Smith, and we're uh, currently shining a light on the gospel in the healing and saving power of Jesus Christ. And, of course, we're guided by the glory of God and that grace that works through our Holy Catholic and Apostolic Church. Uh, joining me this morning and is Allison Conmack from the Sioux Falls Safe Environment Di- uh, Office in Sioux Falls, and then the Chancellor for the Diocese, Mr. Matt Altoff. And we're talking about uh, doing our annual safe environment training and encouraging our listeners, no matter where you're joining us from, this is part of, uh, this is standard and practices right here for all of us, right here uh, in, our, in our Roman Catholic faith, that we do our part to make aware uh, means of, of helping people and keeping a safe, healthy, and holy environment, and also looking out for any signs of abuse or uh, harm that has been done uh, to any of our members, because we are brothers and sisters in the body of Christ. And so, Allison, let's just jump right in and look at the adult training program for safe environment. Who is this for, and what does it cover? Yeah, the adult training program, um, it's hosted on a web-based platform in our diocese, and it's for any employee of the diocese and um, or any of our Catholic institutions, schools, parishes, and, and organizations. It's also for any adult who works um, repeatedly with minors, like a catechist, a nursery assist, um, and youth ministry, etc. So any of the adults ministering to minors in our parishes, and then any employees, even part-time, etc., are requested to participate in becoming surveilled through a background check, and then trained or equipped um, for ministry through a training to identify signs and symptoms of abuse, to understand what grooming or predatory behavior looks like, and then how to um, report abuse. That's kind of the three-legged stool of a solid um, program for training and awareness um, and equipping those working with minors or those representing the Church through their employment with us. So those are the adults required to comply. I've, I've done safe environment training in different dioceses, and the neat thing is the charter is universal. So this document put together by the United States um, the U.S. bishops, promulgated and committed to by all the bishops. It gives parameters, but each diocese can create their policy and implement it in a way unique to them. And in Sioux Falls, I really love our practice of um, 
we don't really have like a tiered system like the first some dioceses they do a three-hour training the first year and then they do two at fall, subsequent years with smaller um, little modules ours is based it's almost like modeled after um, some of our great spiritual leaders like saint ignatius of loyola who promotes a repetition is one of the best modes to learn or like any athlete who repeats um kind of the basics, the dribbling and the shooting for the basketball player, you know. So we have every single year, we have a shorter amount of time, so around a half an hour, 30-minute training that covers the basics and keeps alive in our minds and hearts. Oh, yeah, these are the skills. These are the things to look for. These are the ways and means to report abuse. Often when we're facing, Father, I love your um, reference to human messiness or the messiness of, of, of of sin in our lives. When messiness comes up, we kind of all go into panic mode. And so Mm -hmm. it's wonderful to have the repetition of annual training, to be present, to kind of come snap into place when, okay, I'm really concerned. I'm seeing some things that look like um, symptoms of abuse in a child or a child's disclosed. Where do I go from here? So in our diocese, we require each year to be certified anew, meaning um, any background check carries over for six years just once every six years for the background check. But our training goes live July 1. And the scaffold for our training is July 1. The certification year ends the following June 30th. And that kind of models after when um, the majority of folks in our program are working with minors on sort of an academic-formed year, because catechesis and parish life is kind of academic year model as well. We have our certification year July 1 through June 30th. So new trainings live July 1. Um, different emails go out to the local parishes who then go out to the local individuals to remind them. Now's the time. Hop on our web-based platform. Uh, I like to share with folks that the adult training could be done even on their cell phones as they're on their way to go hunting or, or whatnot or out, sure. out to the cabin in the summertime. Um, it's that accessible. But there's also options, and a lot of parishes this year have opted, Father, for a group or a live training is what we call it. And they're most welcome to do that. And so some communities decide, well, let's do this together and have conversation as a community. But the flexibility and um, kind of uh, accessibility is there as well for individuals who might not have that in their schedule to hop together at a specific time that they can do that independently and be be trained as well. Well, that's a so great that actually, yeah. Just to say it's a great encouragement for our listeners uh, to uh, really engage in your own diocesan trainings. Allison, in my own training in life as a priest and previously as a seminarian for many years, uh, having studied and traveled and, and lived and worked in parishes and different dioceses, I've taken the training in, in several dioceses, some of them part of the Real Presence Radio mm-hmm. listening area. Um, some of them have similar programs, similar platforms, but all of them, um, of course, we always stay on the cutting edge and really make these opportunities for training and uh, available to people. And there's always something new I discover. Maybe it's a, a different segment on virtue and holiness in relationship to, uh, you know, keeping a safe environment or other aspects um, that highlight a different dimension of the human person or the spiritual life and how that coheres uh, to just make a good and healthy, safe environment. Allison, what encouragement can you give our listeners who may be either frustrated or they have kind of an experience of fatigue of, it's already another year, I've done this training before, they may in a certain curmudgeonly way say, I, 
I just did that, you know. Well, actually, a year has gone by, and now it's time for our catechesis program to begin. And, you know, we want to renew that commitment. What are some positive ways we can encourage listeners to really enthusiastically embrace these programs that really our Catholic faith is certainly unique in our response to keeping this safe environment? What kind of encouragement can you give listeners? That's interesting because it would really become a relational um, question if somebody's experiencing it as a burdensome um, a reality for them. Sometimes that means that there's other things going on in an individual's life where they're feeling just frustrated and overstretched. Mm. Um, I know that for, for myself, um, we're trying to keep the trainings uh, fresh and unique each year to be engaging and to address different aspects of how we're seeing um child sexual abuse or the potential for how do we how do we come to healing through that i think this year's uh, a family's response to sexual abuse is a really powerful video um i it would definitely be to um listen to the individual who's feeling frustrated try to understand where that's coming from to know what's really the frustration because what i've experienced i'd say 10 out of 10 times is anyone coming into our parishes who's working or volunteering to minister, their desire is to serve and to serve well and deeply. Mm. And this is a part of doing that. And so usually the frustration isn't necessarily with actually sitting down with the curriculum, but the burdensomeness of one more thing or a requirement that binds me unnecessarily. So it would really be a dialogue with the individual to see what, you know, how to understand um, kind of this reality of safe environment training each year, you know, what is it that's really burdensome to them, and to either help uh, relieve that burdensomeness or to help inform this is why it's actually worth that difficult thing to do. Some people really struggle with talking about hard things, like, like hearing about child sexual abuse. It can be really painful. Um, so usually to listen really to what people are frustrated with and then have a sincere dialogue, I find, brings a lot of relief and freedom. And I know, I, I know you asked for, like, enthusiasm. Mm-hmm. Um, I, this is where I'm super excited this year. A family's response to sexual abuse was produced by the Knights of Columbus, and I have gotten so many wonderful responses from individuals, one of them mentioning, this is the first video I've seen that shows a family responding well to a child's disclosure of sexual abuse. Um, at this point in our church, what we're seeing more is disclosures of abuse by folks outside the particulars of the parish. So supporting kind of the more real and immediate need of children are coming to us and finding their catechists, finding their youth ministers, finding their parish workers, trusted individuals in their lives to disclose difficult things, and then healing can start to happen. So I'm super excited that this this training is one that talks about hard things, but also speaks to the resurrection, the healing, um, healthy communication, what things can look like for parents and child, um, kind of on the other side of, of getting through the healing process or, or continuing through that process. So I'm really excited about this year's training, and I found catechists are telling me they're sharing it with their friends at work, the video. Mm-hmm. Um, it's also web-based on the Knights of Columbus page, open for anyone to view. So if any listener is, is on right now and they're interested, the Knights of Columbus Safe Environment Office has it on their website, free to view. So I'd really encourage to go poking around there. It's, it's pretty powerful to have a witness like this. And, and that's beautiful. And also for those uh, listeners who perhaps face criticism or, or scrutiny from other people in their life who would 
criticize their participation in the church uh, based off of past indiscretions and, and harm that had been done, yeah. to share those resources as examples to say, look at this beautiful work of ministry now. You know, Let's not be anachronistic uh, judging the church of today based off of the failures of the past. Matt, you made mention of that yourself. Um, just moments ago as the Chancellor of the Diocese and how the popular culture has kind of uh, been made aware of this as well as we see scandals and whether it's U.S. Olympic trials and training programs, uh, Boy Scouting International, as well as uh, churches all around the United States, although they may not be centralized like our Roman Catholic faith, um, but also even schools, um, coaching, um, but even most, uh, the statistics show, even in the domestic church homes, parents, family members, uh, close people, those are the areas where, and our training really affects all those areas. Matt, uh, in just a minute, can you share um, some other, uh, Grace, why our church is really doing a good job in responding to this? Well, I appreciate the opportunity. I think, obviously, we have a twofold premise on the Charter. It is a, a pledge to protect, but it's also a promise to heal. And so I think not in any way running from this reality, this this excruciating reality that at the at the hands of clerics and ministers abuses have occurred is something we need to acknowledge and embrace. We embrace only because uh, our Lord and and his divine physician, uh, his ability to give mercy uniquely sets these individuals up for some restorative elements to it. So, I would just say as sort of a take-home point, and I think this is really important, knowing that your listenership might be really wide, is that if you know anyone that has suffered the abuse, even not at the hands of a, of a, of a priest, encourage them to come forward. The Church has resources. It desires to help. It desires to speak truth into that, and I have personal experience of doing that. Um, so please encourage them all to, to, to come forward to begin those really constructive steps of helping to heal their souls that have been marred by the, by the taint of, of sin and, and, and the egregious abuse by about others. Well, thank you very much, uh, Matt Altoff, Chancellor for the Sioux Falls Diocese, and Allison Conmack from the Sioux Falls Safe Environment Office. Um, again, you can reach them at sfcatholic.org. All their information and resources are available there. Thank you both for joining us this morning on Real Presence Live. Thank you, Father. Live, thank you, engaging, Father. and local. This is Real Presence Live, where we bring you positive and uplifting stories and share the great things happening in our local area on the Real Presence Radio Network.